Aha, it's me, the Kentucky guy. Thank you so much for joining this episode of the Red Pill Current News Podcast. In this episode, we'll be talking about Project Veritas's founder, James O'Keefe. He's on the out. He's gone. But what kind of timing with him being out as he just busted Pfizer? Odd, right? Also, a follow-up story on the World Health Organization pandemic who deals with medical dictatorship that Biden wants to send away. Listen to this and a whole lot more on this episode of the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. And welcome to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. I am the truth seeker, your truth finder, the award-winning host, the Kentucky guy. Thank you guys so much for listening here at the Red Pill Current News Podcast. What we do is we discuss politics, current news, not just here in the good old USA, but around the world. If this is your first time listening, Be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button, no matter which platform you're listening to us on. To name a few, we are on Apple iTunes, Amazon Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, and the list goes on from there. We are on 74 different audio platforms, so you can listen to us just about anywhere. Just hit that follow or subscribe button, no matter where you're listening to us from. Also, for you sports fans, mainly you wrestling fans, oh, yeah, baby, I do co-host with Donnie Cage against the Matt Wrestling Podcast. We drop two episodes a week there, normally every Monday and Friday. We talk about pro wrestling, past, present, and future. Also, right here, we do have sometimes interesting interviews and special guests on. Today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about all the headlines that are currently going on because there's so much, so much going on. By the way, in the description down below are all of our social media links, along with our merch shop links, along with the book. The book is out now, America, the land of the sleeping. Oh, if you'd ever like to be a guest on the show or you have any questions for me, Always feel free to contact me at OL, Kentucky spelled out, 99 at yahoo.com, Kentucky 99 at yahoo.com. One of our favorite listeners, audience members, a great supporter of the show, Kevin Lamartes. Thank you so much for listening, sir, if you're out there. Just wanted to give you a quick shout out. And uh, as always, sir, thank you for being not just a great audience member, but I consider a good friend. So keep it up, sir. Thank you. All right, folks, so let's get into today's headlines. First headline of the day. Here we go. Uh huh. All right, Project Veritas founder James O'Keefe is forced 
out at the right wing group. Out of, I should say, the white ring. So listen, so if you guys remember a few episodes back, I did an episode on where James and Project Veritas busted Pfizer, right? They set him up, had him in a coffee shop. He thought he was on a date. And we found out all these horrible things that Pfizer wants to do and has been doing to us Americans. Kind of odd now, and this just happened yesterday or Monday, sorry, uh, that they have forced him out. So I'm going to go over this and you guys tell me if any of this makes sense to you. And I'll try to give you some feedback as we go along. Okay. So Project Veritas founder, by the way, he's the one who started the company. James O'Keefe said in a speech posted online Monday that he has been removed as the right wing group's leader. I love how they call them right wing when these guys actually have done so much work over the last 12 years and they bust everybody. The rhinos on the GOP side, the far left. I love how they categorize them as right wingers. <laughs> In remarks the, the that appeared to have been made at a Project Veritas office, O'Keefe said that the board had stripped him of all decision-making. The move comes after the board reportedly put him on leave from his role as chairman amid complaints about his treatment of staff at the organization. Huh. So I'm going to work for you for... 12 years, company I started, and 12 years later, yeah, I'm going to start treating people wrong. Uh, yeah, treatment of his staff, which is known for using hidden cameras and hiding identities to try to ensure uh, and share journalism embarrassing conversations to reveal supposed liberal <laughs> bias. Who wrote this? Good Lord. Uh, okay, so, quote, so currently, I have no job at Project Veritas, O'Keefe said in the video. Quote, I have no position here based upon what the board has done. So I'm announcing to you all today, on President's Day, I'm packing up my personal belongings. In a statement released later on Monday, the group's board of directors said it had uncovered financial malteficies and accused O'Keefe of spending an excessive amount of donor funds in the last three years on personal luxury. Now listen, okay, so let me go a little bit farther. According to the group, those included $14,000 on a chartered flight to meet someone to fix his boat under the gifts of meeting with a donor, $60,000 in losses from dance events, more than $150,000, and black cars in the last 18 months, and others. Okay, so here's the thing. If you do some digging into O'Keefe, you'll find that he works 400 days in a year for this company, getting donors and all over the place. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not just making this up. I don't personally really know the guy, like his work and everything. I just... uh I was one of the first ones to announce about them busting Pfizer is the only way I really know what Project Veritas is. I know they've been around a long time. I'm pretty amazed once I started researching them on everything that they've done. I didn't even know they were a part of. But here's the thing. If you do and do your own research, folks, don't just take my word for it. Get out there. Get, you, get on there. 
pull you up five or six different browsers and pull this stuff up. Listen, this guy works nonstop for this company. So yeah, he's going to have, my main thing is the black cars, $150,000 in black cars. Yeah, of course he's going to have that. Look, you guys know, most of you already know why I use the pen name, the Kentucky guy. Because of my political beliefs, I've received, you know, death threats and I've got a family that I try to protect, right? Imagine being this guy. Of course, you're going to have security. Of course, you're going to have to have black cars, a part of your security. I mean, these charges make zero sense to me. Zero cent. Okay. And he chartered a plane, which is not abnormal in his business. And let's say he went to go meet a donor and a guy working on his boat or needed a part for his boat or something, he picked it up. What's the big deal? As long as he got the, the donor. Project Veritas has existed this long. By the way, it's all by donations. They don't, they don't have any public, any public financing what, or government pub, uh, financing whatsoever. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And the timing of it, it's one of those things that make you say, ah, uh, what? Yeah. The timing of this just doesn't make any sense. The statement added that O'Keefe had been suspended in recent weeks. It said he was invited to meet with the board to discuss financial issues and staff retention and morale, but he ignored those uh, entries and today decided to remove his belongings from Project Veritas headquarters. Well, I have to say, and once again, I don't know this guy. I would have to say, though, that there is more to that than them offering him to come in to discuss everything and him just ignoring them. I just, I, I don't know. I have a hard time believing that because of the next paragraph. O'Keefe, who choked up and wiped away tears during his remarks in the video, said several times that the nearly 45-minute speech was for staff internally, but it was posted on the Venmo platform. The announcement comes after the group's executive director and several board members put out a statement last week saying that a number of our staff members provided leadership with some verbal feedback describing real management concerns regarding the treatment of people and our internal processes. Project Veritas, which identifies itself as a news organization, is best known for its hidden camera stings that have embarrassed news outlets, labor organizations, and Democratic politicians. O'Keefe founded the nonprofit group 13 years ago, and its most recent IRS filings provided to charity regulators in Florida showed it brought in more than $20 million in revenue in 2021. Last year, two Florida residents pleaded guilty to selling a diary and other items from President Joe Biden's daughter to uh, Project Veritas for $40,000. Prosecutors said, let me put that in there, prosecutors said, as a part of its investigation, the FBI searched the group's New York offices and homes of some employees in 2021. Neither Project Veritas nor any staffer have been charged, have been charged, none of them have been charged with a crime. And the group has said, its activities are protected by the First Amendment. Amen. Messages seeking comment 
were left with O'Keefe, the group's executive director and attorneys for Project Veritoff and O'Keefe, as well as officials with the organization, which is based in New York City. So, yeah, I don't know, folks, something something doesn't seem right here. The timing of this, you know, you know, my saying, if it smells like a duck, quacks like a duck, it must be a duck. And if you put a bunch of ducks in a box, what do you got? A box of quackers. A box of quackers. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> it wasn't that funny. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. All right. Yeah, so I don't know. Something does not seem right to me on this. Anyways, our next headline is actually a follow-up to a headline that we had on the last episode. Dick Morris says Biden's WHO pandemic deal creates a medical dictatorship. (laughs) Yeah, uh, duh. Political analyst Dick Morris on Tuesday said that the Biden administration peddling pending deal with the World Health Organization permitting to permitting it to control U.S. policies during a pandemic would create a medical dictatorship. The WHO can tell doctors what to prescribe, what not to prescribe, what's a lockdown and not a lockdown, school closures, mask requirements. It's crazy. It's even crazier as the WHO could declare something such as a racism or climate change, a pandemic, which would have even greater ramifications on the freedoms of all of us Americans. Quote, once they designate something as a pandemic, they can police speech to make sure that the social media platforms do not promote misinformation and disinformation about the pandemic and confine themselves only to the official narrative. Even though the WHO has faced widespread criticism over its response to the COVID-19 pandemic, specifically covering for China as a source of the outbreak, the Biden administration is going ahead with the plan. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I feel like going to Washington and punching this guy in the face. He's so stupid. A draft of the accord was published on February 1st, and the WHO uh, intergovernmental negotiating body is scheduled to meet February 27th to reportedly work out the final term, which members will then sign. Now, once again, he can't have, this can't happen. This has to go. We have branches of government that this has got to go through. And I, I don't understand why Ted Cruz, there's a lot of them. Ted Cruz, Matt Gates. I know they, these guys have a lot on their plate and I'm not downing them, but dude, this is new world order crap here. Uh, we need to wake up and we need to start yelling from the rooftops that we don't want this crap. I'm not going to lose my cool like I did last episode about this, but I am very passionate about this. This is a big deal. This is real, folks. This isn't fantasy land. I can't make this stuff up, okay? I'm not putting together articles just for the fun of it from here and there and there uh, and making this stuff up. This is real. This is a real senator having this conversation. This WHO treaty is real. There's nothing good that can come out of it. Nothing whatsoever. And it's unconstitutional. Unconstitutional. How many more laws 
are we going to let this Jaxper break this fake president? How many more? You tell me. Why aren't we in the streets? Over? I, I just, I, I don't get it. Although deals such as this typically require authorization by two-thirds of the Senate. Thank you. Moore said it can take effect without it because President Joe Biden will sign it as an executive agreement, much like what Barack Obama did with the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action with Iran in 2015. Quote, this thing is happening. This thing is on a very fast track. And it amounts to a medical dictatorship over the United States in the event of another outbreak or pandemic, or even not, whatever they consider to be a pandemic. Thank you, Mr. Morris. I'm glad somebody is talking about that besides the Kentucky guy and the listeners of the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Because this is real. This is happening. This isn't 20 years from now. This isn't five years from now. This is days from now, February 27th, days from now. Are you awake yet? Do you see what's happening here? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? This is dangerous, folks, dangerous. And once again, our Supreme Court, bless their cotton-picking heart, once again, they fell us. They do, they do, they do. Next headline. The Supreme Court on February 21st, rejected a case that was seeking to overturn the 2020 election. Justices, once again, turned down a request from for rehearing by Raylan Brunson, a Utah man who brought the case. Now, once again, the justices did not explain their decision, and a vote tally was not made public. The court periodically releases lists of orders, and on the February 21st, list included the decision on Brunson versus Alma Adams. Brunson and his brothers filed the case in Utah in 2021, arguing that the members of Congress violated their oath of office by failing to investigate evidence of the 2020 election fraud and certifying the electoral votes for President Joe Biden. They amounted to a rigged election, which achieves the same results as war, the Brunsons argued. The case was moved to federal court where the brothers asked the uh, ju judiciary to remove Biden from office. If carried out, that would mean swearing in former President Trump as president, according to court filings. The Supreme Court turned down the case in January after considering whether to take it during a January 6th conference. The reasoning for initially rejecting the case was also not made public. Brunson filed a petition for rehearing or a request for the court to reconsider their initial decision. In a 10-page petition, Brunson said the court should take up the case because, in part, no cases have ruled that failure to comply with the oath of office results in being penalized. The filing also said that allegedly rigged elections resulted in a national security breach and needs repairing. Quote, when a case like this comes forward under a petition for right of Tertonium claiming that there exists a serious national security breach and this breach is an act of war and it requires an act on the emergency level to repair this breach immediately to stop this war and those uh, perpetrators of this breach are the respondents. Doesn't this court have the power to adjudicate 
these serious claims and to immediately end the conflict and fix the national security breach, the petition asked. The Ron Brunson, Raylan Brunson, Raylan Brunson's brother, had told the Epoch Times he was confident the petition would work. Steve Loudeck, the Charles Allen Wright Chair in Federal Courts at University of Texas at Austin School of Law, had predicted justice would reject the petition. Quote from this pompous jerk. To the surprise of exactly no one who understands what they're looking talking about, the frivolous rehearing petition from the uh, Supreme Court denial of the frivolous certain petition trying to reinstate President Trump was denied this morning without comment, he wrote on his Twitter. You know, the Brunson brothers have yet to react to the news of the second rejection. In a statement on Monday, they said, as we observe President's Day this year, there is so much turmoil in our great country. However, we are inspired and hopeful as we await for future decisions on our case effort. As we continue our fight for the good of America, we are reminded of all the incredible men who served as president and are anxiously looking forward to the day greatness returns to the office of the president. Yeah, so here's the thing. I think we've used every legal outlet possible on this 2020 rigged election. Folks, I have said it. I wrote it in my book, and I know some of you don't agree, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. The only way to fix 2020 is our boys and girls in uniform. Well, now, Kentucky guy, there's no possible way under the Constitution that the military can step in now in 2023 and uh, reverse the 2020 election. Uh, okay, yeah. And the reason why I talk like a stupid hillbilly during that, because if you believe that crap, you're a stupid hillbilly. Okay? Look, read the book. I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to get into devolution on this episode. Do your own research about it. And you know what? Hey, maybe I'm wrong. Sometimes I wonder. But I can tell you this. I can tell you this. Don't plan on a 2024 clean election if we don't fix 2020. And I've said that from the beginning. I said the same thing about 2022, the midterms. I said it two years ago before, before the midterms. I said, don't plan on having, there is no 2022 and 2024 elections unless you fix 2020. Oh, wait, we did have a midterm election though, Kentucky guy. Yeah, we did. And our opponents said, oh, what happened to the big red wave? Uh, because they stole it, man. I mean, come on. You don't have to be a genius. Carrie Lake is the only person I know still out there fighting this crap for her home state in Arizona. She's the only one I know. She's seen how disastrous and how fraud works firsthand. So please wake up. 80 million votes for Joe Biden? Come on. They don't even want him to run again in 2024. His own party doesn't. Come on. Ain't that what he says? Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Oh, man, that guy makes my blood boil. Ugh. Okay, next headline. Remember what I told you a while back. When members of the elite or the mainstream media start talking good or put their two cents in in a positive way, kind of, towards any politician, 
whether they'd be on the left or right, you'd be very, very concerned about that politician. Very concerned. This headline reads, George Soros. You know him? You know him if you listen to this program. He's one of the elites from the start. Horrible person. George Soros predicts Florida Governor Ron DeSantis will be the GOP's frontrunner in 2024. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder how much dirty money he's going to put behind DeSantis' campaign. By the way, this is a far, far, far lefter saying this. Quote, my hope for 2024 is that Trump and Governor DeSantis of Florida will slug it out for the Republican nomination, Soros says. The billionaire philanthropist George Soros made a bold prediction at the Munchie Security Conference this week, suggesting that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis could be the Republican frontrunner in the 2024 presidential election. By the way, all the polls say the exact opposite, old man. Exact opposite. Soros, a major Democratic donor, oh, is that what we call him, said he hopes for a brutal primary fight between DeSantis and former President Donald Trump with the billionaire predicting DeSantis will win. He suggested that Trump's bruised ego may lead to a third-party run to stop the Republicans from winning the White House. That's just you dreaming out loud, son. My hope for 2024 is that Trump and Governor DeSantis of Florida will slug it out. He added, Trump has turned into a, oh, 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 man, I can't stand this guy. He added, and you you guys watch TV. You tell me if you see this when you look at Trump. Trump has turned into a pitiful figure, continuing bemoaning his loss in 2020. Big Republican donors are abandoning him in droves. Uh, that's a lie. He has more campaign funding right now than he even had in 2016 or 2020. All lies. DeSantis is shrewd, ruthless, and ambitious. Just your type, huh, Joe George? He is likely to be the Republican candidate. This could induce Trump, whose narcissism (laughs) has turned into a disease, to run as a third-party candidate. That would lead to a Democratic landslide and force the Republican Party to reform itself. But perhaps I may be just a little bit biased. Oh, you think, buddy? Huh? Huh? You're going to do what you can to keep your boy Obama in the basement running things? You piece of crap. Soros and DeSantis have been embroiled in a feud over their own since the governor took office in 2018. With Soros, Open Society Network donating $1.3 million to activists who sued DeSantis last year for sending illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard. DeSantis has also been vocal on his criticism of source-backed prosecutors while running Spanish-language ads against Soros to boost Latino support for Democrats. The governor's top aide, Christine Pursuant, responded to false attacks by Trump allies claiming that Soros endorsed DeSantis, writing on Twitter, resorting to fabricated propaganda or false smear attacks in the clearest indication that someone does not have a legitimate point of criticism. The jabs come after Trump uh, basically suggested that the Susanna's groomed underage girls with alcohol made false claims about DeSantis' record in handling the coronavirus pandemic and claimed that DeSantis begged him for an endorsement with tears coming down his face. So I have not heard Trump say any of this. 
except for the endorsement. And I follow every rally, every speech the guy does. So, yeah, be careful what you believe, folks. Be careful what you believe, because this is this is just ridiculous. Just, 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 just ridiculous. All right, man, oh, man. Uh, Next headline. Senator Rand Paul from the great state of Kentucky suggests Ohio Governor DeWine wear a Zelensky mask to get federal aid. <laughs> I love this guy. So the meme read, Ohio's governor, after Biden denied his request for disaster assistance, it was accompanied by a photo of DeWine wearing a Zelensky mask. The derailment of the Norfolk Southern train, by the way, by the southern train, 32 North in East Palestine, Ohio, has left the town in need of federal assistance. In a response, Governor Mike DeWayne requested help from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the CDC, but was denied denied by FEMA, which is bullcrap. Let's send billions of dollars to Ukraine, a tyranny country, and let's not help our own. By the way, do you want to know? who's in Ohio right now in East Palestine, right this very second as I'm recording this podcast. You guys want to know who's there right now? Who's right there right now talking to those people, trying to give them some hope, saying how he stands with them right now, right this second. Our true president, Donald Trump, is in East Palestine, Ohio, right now. Now talk bad about him. Oh, no, but he used to send out mean tweets. <laughs> Yeah, who cares? I'd rather have mean tweets and somebody's going to stand up for me than send all the money that we pay in for taxes overseas to a tyranny country. Senator Rand Paul jokingly suggested Duane uh, wear, <laughs> wear a mask of the Ukrainian president, Zelensky, to obtain any type of uh, assistance. Yeah, that's about the only one Biden's got his nose stuck up his rear end. Early on Thursday morning, uh, Dwayne had a conversation with White House officials to address the need for help after 38 of the 150-car Northfolk Southern train, 32 North cars, derailed on February 3rd, leaking hazardous chemicals, including vinyl chloride and ethanol, both of which are considered deadly. Dwayne's office issued a statement that day expressing their disappointment with FEMA's refusal of assistance. Quote, the Duane administration has been in daily contact with FEMA to discuss the need for federal support. However, FEMA continues to tell Governor uh, Duane that Ohio is not eligible for assistance at this time, they said. What else? What else? I mean, what else would qualify you? That makes zero sense to me. The situation took a humorous turn <laughs> when Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky responded approvingly to a meme suggesting that Duane wear a mask of president, uh, Ukraine president Zelensky to obtain federal assistance. <laughs> uh, I like that a lot. And then Paul also said, I mean, it's worth a shot. <laughs> Governor Duane, however, is determined to continue his efforts to get the necessary help for East Palestine. Governor Duane will continue working with FEMA to determine what assistance can be provided his offices gave on the final update. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, where was your all's president? Um, 
this week. Oh, that's right. He was in, supposedly, in Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's making threats and saying, Ukraine will not lose this war. They will not lose this war. And I'll take them behind the gym and put them behind the gym and I'll bust them in the nose myself. Now, uh, come on, man. Come on. Yeah. Go to bed, Sleepy Joe. You're, 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 you're ugh. Lieutenant Colonel Schaefer, quote, Biden not convincing anyone he's committed to Ukraine. Retired Lieutenant Anthony Schaefer said that President Joe Biden's recent pledge of unwavering support to Ukraine is not convincing to anyone. Schaefer ordered Biden's monotone, unenthusiastic message to Ukrainian President Zelensky during his surprise visit and is symbolic of his unseriousness quote i've testified before joe biden the joe biden i've known and interacted with is not the joe biden that we see now on the world stage the one-time advisor to former president donald trump declared quote and nobody's compelled or believes that he's really committed to the level he's saying schaefer also theorized the biden administration as has has been appeasing China recently over fears they ramp up alleged non-lethal military assistance to Russia, including the consideration of lethal aid. Quote, I think that's how, why, that's why they've gone soft on holding China accountable regarding the balloon. He said of the object that entered U.S. airspace late last month, which U.S. intelligence claims was for surveillance purposes. Quote, so they want to kind of leverage China and not let them go to the Russian camp because let's face it, one of the big things they're trying to prevent right now is the Russians getting high-tech weapons, Schaefer added. However, Schaefer believes China is fundamentally opposed to the Western global order and will not be convinced by U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Bilan to back down. Quote, I think they're barking up the wrong tree. The national security expert insisted, stressing, quote, it's just not going in the direction the Biden administration wants it to go in. Yeah, so first of all, if you don't know yet, you don't know, Russia has did away with the treaty on the use of nuclear weapons, the treaty that he had signed with the U.S., by the way. This just happened yesterday, and that treaty is now gone. Yep, Putin did away with it. Not going to honor it anymore. Not going to honor it anymore. So, yeah, that's, uh, that, that's kind of scary, right? Kind of scary. But folks, I've told you since the beginning, since I started this podcast, America has to get to, and just look around. Look at the trolls still on the Internet. There's still so many people that are asleep that are buying this Kool-Aid that Biden and these elites are putting out. And I've said from the beginning two things. The military is the only way. And number two, America has to face a near-death experience, a near-death experience. Now, that's what it's going to take for everybody else to wake up. I'm sorry. It's scary. It's scary. It's scary right now. Nuclear war. I'm afraid. I told you, I've read the playbook. I've seen the playbook, okay? The UFO, the alien crap, it's not working. COVID, 
didn't end up like they wanted it to. Let's face it. It's not working anymore. People, people are more strong-willed. The only thing they got left to try to hold on to what little power they remain is to have a war. And it's got to be a big one, like a nuclear war, right? The threat of it. I'm not saying actual war, but the threat of it. It's coming. Don't you never doubt it. It's coming. I'm sorry. This is the first time you're hearing this and it scares you. You need to be scared. You need to be prepared. You need to get ready. I'm not saying you need to get ready to fight, but there's bad things that are going to happen before anything. It's always darkest before dawn. Before we see anything positive, it's got to get a little bit more worse. I know. Hey, I live in the same world you do. I understand. It's hard right now living paycheck to paycheck. I got you. I understand. I do. Trust me. But there's still stupid people out there. And yeah, I call them stupid now because it's ridiculous. If you're not woken up to what's going on now, I, man, you know, you need to go to see a therapist or something. I don't know. You know, anyways, uh, one last thing I want to talk about here for today's episode, AOC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to give her a whole lot of time on the show, but I did want to mention something. She made a claim after the Super Bowl that the Christian Super Bowl ad makes fascism look benign. What? Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, Democrat out of New York, attempted to hit back against a Christian Super Bowl ad on Twitter saying it makes fascism look benign. With over 13.4 million Twitter followers, the congresswoman tweeted, something tells me Jesus would not spend millions of dollars on a Super Bowl ad to make fascism look benign. The ad was critical of the of was for a Christian campaign called He Gets Us. The people behind the craft store, Hobby Lobby, funded it. The ad, quote, love your enemies, uh, depicts stills of people from various aspects of life arguing, yelling, and screaming at each other while the song I'm Only Human by Rag and Bone Man plays in the background. It builds up to the message, Jesus loved the people we hate. He gets us, all of us. Political pundits from across the spectrum responded to Orquez's tweet. (laughs) Former Republican Georgia House Representative Vernon Jones tweeted, quote, then you don't know how Jesus worked. Love that. Eternity Joseph D. McBride, who's representing many of the January 6th defendants, said, quote, I heard Jesus's mama had a thing for slapping child, sacrificing harlots, who put her son's name in their scarless mouth. Ha <laughs> ha! Love it! Conservative commentator Laverne Spicer said, quote, which ad is triggering you so I know to buy their product? <laughs> Former football player for Auburn University, Lee Zamba, was puzzled by our logic, asking, quote, love your enemy equates to fascism? <laughs> he followed the question with a crying, laughing emotion and said, quote, you're brilliant. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Kirk Cameron, he also, he also talked about it because he was a part of the commercial. And he just laughed. I mean, and, and how can you not? She is such an idiot. It's It's not even funny. And... To say something that stupid, that stupid, 
And we already know how horrible a person you are. We've seen you in the white dress with the children's blood all over it. We know that you're a fake. We know that you're the dumbest person in Congress. Let's just be honest about it. You're the dumbest, you're the dumbest congressman. You're the least liked besides your little clique. And now you're going to comment on the Super Bowl. By the way, folks, Tom Brady has retired officially. He's done, not like last year. <laughs> He's not coming back for one, one more year. He has retired officially. So I can say that now. Yes, I know he done it a few weeks ago, but, uh, until I get hardened evidence, you know me, I don't like to report it. But you can, without a doubt, like I said, always do your own research. But without a doubt, without a doubt, he is done with the game. So, all right, folks. So that's about all the time we do have for today's episode. Once again, you've been listening to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. And I'm your host, the Kentucky Guy. As always, God bless. And God bless America.